Hi and welcome to Youth Talk, a podcast run by Baptist Youth where in each episode we take a different topic and get a bunch of tips from someone involved in youth ministry. In today's episode we're joined by Debs McLaughlin, youth worker in Newton Arts Baptist and she's going to share on the topic how to develop intergenerational relationships in your church. Recordings of each episode of Youth Talk can be found on YouTube, CastBox and iTunes or accessed through any of our social media pages. Thanks for listening and we hope that you enjoy. Well, hello and welcome to episode seven of Youth Talk. Uh, we're delighted to have Debs McLaughlin with us for thank today's you. episode. Debs, how are you? I'm okay, thank you. Thanks for coming along on the show. No problem. Uh, do you want to begin by telling us a little bit about yourself? Okay, so on a Monday and a Tuesday, I'm a part-time PE teacher in a school in Belfast. And then I also work part-time for my church. Uh, all through life, I've loved sport. I'm a big Arsenal fan, so something Absolutely. that we agree on very much. We were saying we should just do a podcast episode on that. Exactly. <laughs> a separate one. It would take a long time. <laughs> um, but I probably now prefer to watch rather than play um, sport now that I'm getting older. I love to chat with friends and just chill out. Brilliant. And you said you worked here in an Arts Baptist Church. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the church here as well as your role and what it involves? Okay, so the church is based in Newton Arts Town itself. We have about 115 members. Uh, two and a half years ago, I started in a part-time role, which was church administrator and also coordinating the work of young people and families. So it's not really a youth worker. We are sort of in amongst the youth, but maybe being like a support to the leaders and just looking overall at how the youth work is going. Um, we have just like what a lot of churches would have. So church or in church on a Sunday morning there's a crest in children's church for our younger kids and then Sunday school in the afternoon so we moved the 7 p.m service to 5 p.m ran Sunday school alongside it and we're finding that we're getting more families to that which has been encouraging and then on a Friday morning we have tot spot for our parents and toddlers group and extra club is our primary school program where we get kids in from outside the church and then JYF is our Bible based teaching and discussion of just God's word of them together and how they grow in that and then on a Saturday we have a youth club which will be where they play games, socialise, go on outings and then they have an epilogue at the end. Yeah, plenty going on there. Yes. Super, <laughs> busy busy. Uh, today's episode Debs is about developing intergenerational relationships Perhaps when some people hear the title of this episode uh, and they think about youth ministry, they immediately just think about the young people. But why do you think intergenerational relationships in a church and kind of integrating young people with the wider church is so important? Well, whenever we're saved, we're adopted into God's family. And I think to be part and have the privilege of being part of a local church is it's a privilege that we need to take seriously. And I think as youth leaders, it's important that you know, we encourage that with, with the young people. Um, if you have a normal family, you have the great-grandparents, the grandparents, the parents, the children, the grandchildren, you would not take out a generation. And therefore, in a church, if we're God's family, it's for all ages, it's for people to come together, to, to learn from one another, to worship God together, and, and to learn in Him. And one verse that we normally associate with youth work as well is Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1. Remember your creator in the day of your youth. And quite often at youth, we finish there. Mm. But it's before the days become difficult. Mm. And there's people in our church that are going through things, maybe the loss of independence and driving is a big thing to them, loneliness, maybe losing a husband, a wife, a child. 
um, right through to maybe retirement from a job and, and how that affects them. So it's about learning together and encouraging each other together. Um, and often as well, I think for intergenerational relationships, people think it's all the older people mm. need to get to know the younger people, but actually the younger people can be so blessed mm. by getting to know the older people in the church. And um, in Colossians chapter one, it says, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, yeah. rooted in him, built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. And, you know, if you have, if you come to faith and you're in a Christian family, that can start in the home. But the importance of the church in mm. developing people as well. And, you know, are we striving to help everybody in the church to be, to walk in him, be rooted, to be established in the faith? And God has just given us such a privilege to, to be able to be part of that. And that we need to, as it says there, abound them with thanksgiving. Mm. Be thankful for the people in our church. You'll come across people you would never come across <laughs> in, in any other form of life. People you might not necessarily get on with, but it's that bond in Christ that can encourage us, mm. us on in that. But as a school teacher, you know, I look at school and I see the influence that young people have in school and... It concerns me, um, you know, over a school year, the children and the young people in your churches are at school for over a thousand hours. Mm. If they come to your church meetings that you have for that age, you have throughout that year a hundred hours. Ten percent, what is your church's influence yeah. um, within that time? Um, another reason why I feel it's important is our young people are going to be our youth leaders, our mm -hmm. Sunday school teachers, our deacons, our elders. Young people take in so much more mm -hmm. than what we give them credit for. And, you know, how are we building them up with that in mind? They're going to be the next generation teaching, the next generation faithfully from God's word. But have we set our young people up mm -hmm. in the right way to take over those roles? Um, another thing that even I find in my role, I want to learn from the older people. The people who are governing the church from God's word, that's very different to a business, very mm -hmm. different to a worldly point of view. Mm -hmm. So are the churches training their young people and are we learning from each other? And really simple ways that people might even think, a crash in a children's church rota, have it for all ages to be involved in because the people are getting to know the children when they're young, their personalities, if they're boisterous, if they're funny, if they're quiet, if they're shy. And you can pray for them in a better way as well. And that's a real plus. Plus the children are getting to know a wide range of people from whenever they're young. Yeah. Um, a, a, another way of, of why I think it's important is to serve together. So like a kids club or a missions team, learn from people, you know, see how did they do it? And it's not necessarily the right way to do it, or there's no wrong way to do it, but it's learning together as, as to what works, and that's been a real encouragement. Um, fellowship, tea, coffee after church, different ages mixing, and you see that as those relationships develop, that becomes more natural. And it might even be a couple of sentences on the way out the door, mm. but I think it's lovely to see just different ages mixing. And that is what God wanted for the mm. church, um, and, and to learn from each other, and integrate young people in early you know have them as a normal part of the service whether it's singing at the front or playing an instrument or on the mm. laptop or whatever it is and just encourage them in that way and that way you're going to end up yeah. with young people that 
are integrated in, but the influence that older people can have and learning from them. And whenever I talk about older people today, it's not people in their 60s and 70s. Mm. It's <clears throat> the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, yeah. and it's the whole church. And even, you know, we can talk about youth and it's teenagers, but the next generation are coming up behind them, yeah. you know, and how <laughs> are they influencing the children sure. as well. Brilliant. Great. That's so, really, really helpful. What do you think... Uh, some of the maybe dangers are for a youth group that just totally neglects the wider church and doesn't think about integration at all. What are some of the dangers they might uh, come up against? I think one of the biggest dangers is they end up being a subculture of the church. They're nearly like a separate identity. Mm. And although all the focus might be, you know, really good from the youth leaders' point of view of how they're progressing, if that's being neglected, it's a huge part for the future. Mm. And even for the young people, as some of the things I've said before, they're going to have missed out on. Um, you know, they might have a different style of worship. They might have a different way of praying together, a different way of teaching from God's word. And it's not that that's wrong, but it's then at the end of that youth, how do you integrate them into their church if it is mm. different? And you don't want to maybe lose them at that end. Whereas if it's already integrated, that then becomes a natural process. Um, the, the Bible talks, you know, about the church meeting together, that there were, even at the reading of the law and stuff, that there were men and women and children sure. together. Um, and recently, I was just, it was something I came across was whenever Paul was writing the letters to the church and he writes, children, honour your parents, he was expecting, mm. you know, the children to be there and part of the, the church probably rather than being called yeah. in from, from somewhere else. So it's about just the danger is you lose out on that. Um, the young people, for them, their understanding of the church might be limited. Mm. It's more maybe four walls of a, of, of a room rather than realising that a church is about the people and about other people interacting in, into their lives. And uh, being part of a church, um, I know growing up uh, in the back room of Mother Ming Baptist in the prayer meeting was where I saw people that were ill, people that were going for job interviews and asking for prayer, prayers that were the same prayer the year I went to the year I left, people constantly in prayer for mm. people and if the church is separated you don't get to see and to hear and to understand maybe suffering mm. that people are going through as well so they miss out on that bond that, mm. that they can have um, and also in youth you know we want to teach them the bible we want them to be able to apply it to their lives here <clears> and now but if it's only that they're really learning how the gospel and the bible affects teenage years mm. but what happens mm. whenever you're older when the days become difficult how are you going to face yeah. what you need to face brilliant that's really helpful um thinking practically what maybe are some of the ways then that a youth group can develop intergenerational relationships within the church any ideas yeah well i think the most important thing for any youth uh, would be to pray for in, in integration before they even start to try if it's something that's not mm. natural it needs to be natural um, and not forced. Otherwise, the young people won't want to do it and the people in the church might not want to do it if it's forced. Um, but just explain to the youth the importance of um, having godly examples in their lives. Children growing up now, they want role models. Mm. Well, how better to have godly role models that they can actually go and talk to and spend time with. Um, they're not going to be perfect. Mm. examples they're going to mess up in life but that's the reality they're going to have struggles that's the reality of being um a christian so before you start the integration just remember remembering that and um, paul writes to timothy in first timothy 4 and 12 and he says um, let no one despise your youth 
be an example in speech, conduct, love, faith and purity. Help your young people mm. be those examples in those things. And when they are examples in that way, and it might be a, an effort from the front of your youth every week, it might be a conversation mm. with individuals and you will see them grow and blossom. But then as they interact with the church, you see mm. the encouragement that they are the other people as well. Mm. And in your youth, teach the whole Bible. Like I was saying there a while ago about, you know, maybe they only get, get it from the view of their teenage years. Well, teach how, you know, people were affected in the Bible. And then as they grow, they will see and be encouraged from others. So I think just come back again to the Bible, Hebrews 10, it says, and let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. So encourage your young people to go to church if they don't. Maybe some come to your youth who are involved in other churches, you know, as long as they're going to their mm. church as well. And um, encourage them to go to the prayer meetings. You know, mm. some of them, you know, they might think, well, that's for older people, but actually that's a powerhouse of your church mm. for prayer um, and even fellowship events. So, um, as youth leaders, be an example. So if you want them to integrate with the church, your young people, you integrate with the church, mm -hmm. you be at the prayer meeting or, you know, if somebody wants to come for the first time, you're there to meet them. Mm -hmm. So you're that example, someone that they can see there. Then for, for youth, um, update the church on what's actually going on, whether it's through prayer requests, a newsletter, maybe a report from the front in one of your meetings. Um, in the prayer meeting, ask your church to pray mm. for the youth coming up the exams and the coursework. You will hear them praying. If the youth aren't there on the whatever night you have youth, you're telling them the church are praying for you. And that's such an encouragement. Um, maybe sometime, one night a year, if, if that's what it is, open up your youth for the church to come along to it that might be difficult if you have a huge church but maybe ask the ladies to help you to cater for that or so open open up and let the young people maybe run a program mm -hmm. to take part in that if they're not capable of that get them to take part in some way and and the leaders can take it Um, obviously just some ways have a youth service in your church and a children's day but you don't want them to become so foreign to the young people that they've never been in the church and they don't understand why they're doing that um, one way that I have found is really encouraging is get up and talk about youth weekend before you go mm -hmm. and asking the church to pray because without their prayers mm -hmm. you know that's so important and what we've done the last couple of years is ask for them just maybe to bring us a box of cereal a loaf of bread whatever it might be that we need to take and it helps keep the cost down yeah. for the children going which enables more of them to be able to go but also the church are practically involved because they want to help mm -hmm. they want to be supportive and it's a way that they can that as youth you can really appreciate and a lovely way that i've seen as well are just encourage them to send a wee text yeah. or a card of just encouragement and again it can't be one-sided it's got to be mm -hmm. from both sides but that's just the wee way that you can, in some ways practically you can help your youth to naturally integrate in with the church. Brilliant, amazing. Some really helpful tips there to think through. Uh, I want to think about maybe a youth leader who's watching this and, and is maybe thinking, I would love to start maybe integrating my young people more into the wider church. Um, what are some of maybe the kickback they might receive from fellow youth leaders who maybe don't want to go that path? What maybe some are some of those kickbacks they should anticipate? 
Yeah, and in churches you will, you know, come up against this and it is something. Some people maybe say, well, we tried it before and it didn't work. Mm. But it is such an important and vital part of the church that, you know, well, maybe how was it tried before um, and what ways could that be changed? So sort of take the maybe excuse or the barrier that you're coming up against and see how you can work around that. In a big church, that might be very difficult. You know, they might say, like, we're in a big church, how are we ever going to do this? Maybe just start small, start individually, um, and that would be even, you know, with the youth leaders themselves, maybe a few people that they're close to in the church, bring them along Mm -hmm. to the youth, help them to see, and then the word will, you know, go out further and relationships can maybe be built in that way. Um, You might have some people in the church, some of the youth may not want to get to know somebody else in the (laughs) church, somebody else in the church may not want to get to know, you know, the teenagers. But just to try to soften that, we all are awkward when we meet people and it's sort of that first question or that first barrier and if you get over that barrier, then it can become easier. So a way around that is just little icebreaker questions, you know, maybe some that, you know, where's the furthest place you've travelled in the world or just something that can get them talking about something in life and then, you know, on down you can, you know, when did you become a Christian and then it just opens up more that spiritual um, side. A leader might say, well, they don't even talk to me. <laughs> so then, you know, then that's maybe where the youth leader needs to go, right, I need to make some relationships here and the importance of that as well. And as I said before, you're going to meet people that you wouldn't normally meet in your everyday life, but your common bond is Christ yeah. and what he has done for you and what might actually come from that relationship and you know when the encouragement that can come and the blessing is something to encourage that youth leader to maybe do another one will be don't have time for that Mm -hmm. and some people if it's going to be forced or it's where we always need to have an event for Mm -hmm. this to happen it will become a strain and there might not be time so just short conversations and maybe after a meeting or again just have them do a youth night or just as you're having a conversation with someone in the church and someone from the youth comes past introduce them and and let them know in that way so Mm. there will be kickbacks but try to for the importance of of god and for his church and for that church family try to overcome those brilliant and for being here a couple of times in your norwich baptist this is something from what i can see you do really well this whole idea of intergenerational um youth ministry do you want to tell us a little bit about your journey of implementing things and trying things and what you've learned along the way um what's worked what hasn't yeah. I think one of the, the biggest influence that we have had was a couple of years ago we set up prayer partners mm. and it just wasn't like sort of linking someone up and leaving it at that. What we did was we asked them to pray for the young people in school because I was especially seeing what they were going through and as a parent and a grandparent to me you can only see so much. Mm. When you're a teacher you're, you're the youth in school you can really see on the ground what is going on. And just to pray, like I said, you know, we've 10% influence, what can we do? So we link each child in the church. Now we ask their parents, so it's optional, they didn't have to do it, but the majority Mm. do it every year. So we would take one child, each child, and we take a photo of them. We put their name, their birthday on the card, then each year it gets updated. So it'll be um, sort of what year they're going into in school. There'll be things that they're maybe going to struggle with in that year, maybe exams that are coming up, uh, things they're looking forward to. Mm. Um, it might be that they're learning a musical instrument during that year, but then prayer requests, prayer requests for their parents or their mm. parent. 
um, as they even get them out to school in the mornings to pray for friendships that they're in. So that prayer card goes to one family in the church or one household. So you might have one single person praying for them or one family praying for that one child throughout the year every day. Um, and then throughout the year, you can just ask mm. for prayer requests. So my prayer partner is going from A-levels this year in the university. So praying through you know the course that they're going to choose. And so it's about having that personal investment in one child. Then from that, we don't give the families of those children anybody to pray for because they're already involved with yeah. their children, maybe with one, two or three families in the church. But that has been something, like even see we <laughs> birthday presents, you go, that's their prayer partner. Yeah, yeah. I was at a birthday party the other week and I thought, I see her about that's their prayer partner. Yeah. And it's just like, that's been a really encouraging thing. So then what we also do is we take a photo in families <laughs> and we have a separate card. So it's called our group prayer card. And we have all the children listed under their photo and then their parent or their parents' names underneath. And that goes out to everybody in the church. And the Sunday morning that they're being handed out, they're just like, word's mine, word's mine, because they use them and they pray for them. And it's been a great way for the people in the church to get to know the children and their parents as well. So that has had benefit throughout. You can see there, as I was saying, the text and the cards, that has been good there. So within the actual youth then, uh, we had... A, a serving weekend where on the Friday night we took 10 people off the church prayer list so people who have been recently bereaved mm. some went through short-term illness some went through longer-term illness and just a couple who really needed to be encouraged and on the Friday night we met as youth we prayed for all of those people each person wrote a card for one of those people we had a little gift for them every person signed it and it was just a card to say the JYF are thinking and praying for mm. you so then we met on the Saturday morning and we went out in groups and delivered those to houses. Well, the reaction on the doors, <laughs> the cards that we got back, the phone calls that we got back from that, and that was just really mm. encouraging. And then um, also another time just to, to get them to write to their prayer partners and just to encourage that again. Um, we had last Christmas, a couple of our youth leaders organized a Christmas supper for anybody over the age of 65. So they had some Christmas sandwiches and they came down, they were around tables. But again, like I said, the icebreaker questions were in the middle. So the youth got moved around mm. every 10 minutes or 15 minutes. And the older people, they were just, I never looked and people were just, <laughs> there was just a real bubbliness. Like we never knew they talked so much. So we're like, yeah, they do. But it was just because it was informal yeah. and it was a really good way just to link up there. And um, as I've said, days out, maybe it's your Sunday school trip open it up to the whole church, fellowship mm -hmm. times, or a barbecue or whatever, that you can just spend time. Uh, the, the big thing for us has been the Kids Club Holiday Bible Club, serving together. Mm -hmm. You have people of all ages. We have around 35, 40 people who help out at that, and it's all ages. Mm -hmm. And it's a really fun week. It's a concentrated effort together. You're going to share the gospel. That's been encouraging, um, serving on a mission team mm -hmm. together, and you know praying together, understanding when people are nervous, and you know, to encourage them in a different way. And that's that's been good. And then I know some churches as well are already doing the Gospel Project, Genesis mm. to Jesus. Um, so in the main church service at 5 p.m., the adults get the adult version of the story and the children get the children's version of the same story in the Bible. And then there's little family cards um, and the conversations that the family said that they've been able to have around the dinner table has been really encouraging with that and um, we've had the, the stop in the church at the minute 
in the adult version, but the children's one's gone on and those cards and those conversations are still happening because the parents know mm. the kind of way that it is and that's been really good. So Brilliant. They're just some ways. That's amazing. Really helpful. Just finally then, Debs, any resources you'd recommend in terms of this topic that you find helpful? Okay, so a couple episodes ago, yep. someone had recommended the Gospel Centre Youth Ministry and yep. in this book there is a chapter called gathering god's people which focuses mm. on the intergenerational relationships then up until last week yep. i had never heard of this girl <laughs> called shakel crew and um, she writes blogs which i had saved pinned at the top of my mm. computer and went back to it and realized she wrote this book and i went right i'm going to get this because i looked up some of the reviews don carson jen wilkin right at the start of it um it's called this changes everything how the gospel transforms the teen years she has written it as a teenager with lots of wisdom mm. for other teenagers. And again, she has one um, section in it. It's called Our Community, but it's Our Church. And just how she talks of her church mm. and those relationships. Um, but that's a really good book that I'm going to be recommending to parents and teenagers. Helping them to see the importance of their role within the church from when they are young mm. right through. And that has been really encouraging. Another one that is sort of off topic mm. But it was, a church came over from America at our church and they were evangelized in The Way of the Master by Living Waters. And we went through it then before they came with our youth and with the Young Adults Bible Study group and went done it as well. But the young people, it was based on DVDs and videos, Mm. but it always comes back to the law and how people are guilty before God. But they do it in a way that you can just strike Mm. up a conversation. So something like evangelism can be daunting, but this just brings it round in a way, maybe the tracks that they have. And so if you're looking for something for evangelism and to see the teenagers practicing on each other, someone then used it in schools and they've also used it then on the doors throughout the summer as well. So it's just one that is quite hard to come across, something like that, but one that has. Words, so. Great. Debs, thank you so much. Really no appreciate problem. you taking the time to uh, share with us today. No I'm sure everyone found it extremely helpful. Thank you for watching and uh, make sure you check out our YouTube, Spotify, iTunes pages next week for episode number eight. Thank you.